not excited about the things of God. Now, this doesn't mean, here's another thing, too. People that, you know, the more hype we are, the more really excited we are for Jesus. It's not about a, a fake hype, because in all honesty, ain't nobody's living, oh, oh, <laughs> like they just drank 12 cups of coffee. And if you acted that way at the, uh, at the, at the workplace, how I many you know they end up sending you to drug test you anyways? Right? So it's not about being hype. It's about having a growing, healthy relationship with the Lord. And how many of you know each and every one of us can really grow on our relationship with the Lord? It doesn't matter how old you are. You hear what I said? Because I mean, sometimes we deem or we think that because I've been a Christian for a long time, that that uh, in some way, in some ways, uh, says I'm, I'm, growing, I'm growing in maturity spiritually. You know, we have a puppy in the house. And when that puppy came in, she was tall. She was yay big. Yay big. Now she's yay big. And she's still a puppy. She's still growing. She's still developing. And, you know, you, even in her, in her full or in her final stage, because there's a stage called nonage, and it's, it's a stage between, because they're still adorable. You know what, you know what that nonage non is? It's when there's somebody still adorable, they still like you. That's the, the, where puppies are. They, when you, uh, a person comes to the fence, they still like the visitors. Oh, hey, they think everybody's there to see them, right? You want to look grade school kids, they, you, you, as a teacher, there's an age where the kids are, and then they hit this certain little funny age. It's called tween. And then there's like, a tween is another word where, you know, it's, <laughs> they're, they're finding out who they are. They're, they're tending to, they're growing and, and developing that stage because they're trying to become, they're starting to become more individual. They don't want to be like the pack. They want to be an individual. And so in that, in that, in that thing, there's a growing and development. And in each and every one, each and every one of us spiritually, there is a growing there is a development that is occurring um, spiritually. And, the, and those, there are development, developmental stages in growing up spiritually. So we're going to open up the, in a word of prayer this morning. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord. We just thank you this, this morning for your word as we get in your word, Lord, that we are not only here to uh, hear, but we're here to grow spiritually, to become who you called us to be. And so that we don't have to be tossed with every wind of doctrine, but Father, that we, we would know securely who we are, what we are, and what we are called to do, and not only as a church, but as an individual, as a person of God. Amen? Amen. Let's open our Bibles this uh, morning to Ephesians chapter 4. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Uh, Pastor, this topic often sounds very familiar to me. Well, you know, you don't get everything in one setting. You don't get everything in one setting. There, I, you know, there's some folks that, like I said, they've been in church, a church for years, and they think, well, I've been in church for years, and and, and somehow that has made makes me spiritually a, a more mature, and and that really isn't the case. Uh, I, you know. Over the years, I've, I've even been in some bigger churches where there's a lot of folks, but there's not that many spiritual uh, mature. That's that there's not much spiritual maturity there. And that and the same is, can be true for a smaller church. Just because you're in a smaller church doesn't mean everybody is mature there. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you, there's no way to put some caste system saying this is exactly the way it is. It's always this way. But the reality is, is as, a, as a family, as a church family, we all want to grow and mature together. Amen. We don't want to assume that other people are um, in the same in the same 
position. Amen. So we're going to study some of these steps about uh, and um, and about what it is to to um, how should I say grow mature uh, and maturity. Uh, one of the things I always like as you know, as your pastor, I like to li- because I grew up as an athlete and I did things athletically on teams. Um, I always have the mindset of someone who is maybe perhaps coaching, but I'm not coaching. I'm a pastor. I'm not a life coach. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not. A, I'm not your life coach. I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual. Your, your, your pastor. God calls me a pastor. Now it may feel like I'm coaching you through some things, but I'm. I'm. I'm really pastoring you through some things. Amen. And so, in the development of of being a student, or just in my early year, formative years of playing. Uh, baseball or whatever sport that was, you know, we started at flag football, started at, you may start at t-ball or not, uh, not hole, or I forgot, they used to call it not hole, I don't know if they still call that today, but, you know, um, y- y- there was always steps, there were studied steps, there was always routine. Yeah. Do you hear what I said? St- st- why was the routines important? The routine's important so that whatever that you may have learned or that you learned incorrectly, that could be corrected. Did you hear what I said? So oftentimes we, we, we repeat some things because we are getting rid of some things. And the only way you're going to get rid of some of those things that have laid on your life is by rehearsing those things. In other words, I'm rehearsing the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm speaking. I'm declaring. I, I am I'm, I'm being obedient to God's word. I'm walking in love. Amen. Amen. So and then we rehearse the circumstances. You know, I remember in, in some instances we like, okay, what if you, what do you do if the guy's on third base, you got a guy on first uh, for our first base. So you have to have a, an idea of how you want to uh, rehearse as a team, how you're going to want to respond. Yeah. Right? right. How do we want to respond if someone comes to church and they're and they're doing something that's out of the norm? How do we as a, so there should be a studied response already how we're going to respond to behaviors. Amen. Yeah. Someone comes in with tambourine. And they're throwing the music off. Wait, no, no tambourine. But they got a tambourine on their foot still. Because <laughs> they're rebelling because, you know, they still want to bring their tambourine to church, right? So there's a studied response. How do we... <laughs> Some people are laughing. Tambourine, do people do that? <laughs> it happens. So as, as a church, you and I, we got to learn how to, how to respond in a way that it's understood. understood. So there's no confusion. Because, you know, the devil really likes to work with confusion. Do you hear what I said? Confusion is perhaps one of the biggest things that can really throw a church and, and bring division in the church. So let's just tag that for a moment. and We're going to go back to that. So another thing is we focus is to remove improper ways of thinking that, that have, like I said, caused problems. Here I said there's old ways of thinking that have caused problems. We're rehearsing things we're, because so old thoughts have caused problems. And uh, sometimes old ways of thinking keep bringing back problems or keep same ways of, or old ways of doing things continue to bring problems from the past. I don't know why this always keeps happening. Well, maybe there were steps that were rehearsed in your life that you, you were taught or you've just responded a certain way over the years. But what it ultimately has done, it has caused you to rehearse the wrong response. Do you hear what I said? And the, there, this is the word. You can't be passive towards these things. That's the word I was kind of looking for earlier. You can't be passive about these things because passivity will will really undermine you. Coming to church, um, not 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 worshiping and being passive towards worship will cost you. 
taking for granted that prayer's going on, early morning prayer. We're here at 9.30, early morning prayer. And then just, I mean, I understand people get tired. And I said, not everybody, we're not, I'm not talking about, about being hype every time. you Because know, I want you to realize there's, you know, I always believe, let's just take the middle road on these things. Take the middle road. I mean, you may come in tired, but again, you know, as the study or approach or study responses, I'm coming in and I'm focusing on what's going on and I'm participating. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> That's why they have running drills in, in, in sports. They don't just practice. Here, here, here's, here's the thing, very interesting. In baseball, they don't just play baseball against each other during practice. Here, just knock the ball and keep playing baseball. Let's play games against. They're not learning anything. There are genuine techniques that they are working on, like, like just knock the ball, picking up grounders, picking up grounders, picking up grounders, knock them up. And they're, they're, they're at this point, they're starting to finite each specific point, yeah. right? Whether it be hitting grounders, where it may be, it may be um, pitching, practicing. The, you got a guy working in pitching, working on his technique. If you have a good coach, you have some, uh, one that'll, you know, that'll, that'll work on the actual uh, dynamics of a person, how he throws and how he swings and how he catches. So what they're doing is they're ironing out the details. What are they doing? They're, they are ironing out the problems that, that could have been uh, or self-taught. Because kids watch athletes on TV and they want to mimic that. But they don't realize, the kids don't realize that the kid is, this guy has actually learned a lot of stuff leading up to that. So he's, what he's doing is actually modifying at the moment the, to the current need. And a lot of people think, well, I can modify now. You can't modify until you have things down. There are some things that have to be so down in your response that you know how you're going to respond with each and every situation. So you're not passive. You're aggressively making changes every day in your life. If you're not making daily changes in your life with the word of God, you've become passive. You've become passive, unaware. You can become a passive, and because I, I like, I like one uh, famous athlete said, I, "Every day I work hard. I work hard. I work hard mentally about knowing what I'm, what I'm doing, planning to do, how I'm planning to respond, coming up with a game plan for myself for that." And see, every day it's it's working harder. Every day, it's being the best. Every day, what what could I do every day to make my life better with the Word of God? Every day. Every day, I can speak more, I can declare more, I can pray in the Holy Ghost more. And fundamentally, at the end of the day, as a believer, you're supposed to be led by your spirit. And here's that, that's where we can kind of, we got to be careful with over-intellectualization of words or, or teaching, that we get so wrapped up on what's being said versus being moved physically in the realm that I'm praying more, I'm talking, declaring, I'm speaking, I'm praying, I'm worshiping more. Because those, and, and fundamentally, all, all, those are the things that are really going to help you grow. Not just taking in information. That's got to be really careful with just taking information. Because eventually, if you're, it just, it's just another message. It just gets off the top of your head and no, you're, no, you're no longer responding. And see, when you're no longer responding, then you're in danger of not doing the word. You're, you're, you're slowly becoming passive. And that's a real, it really, in all, in all honesty, that's how churches be, can, can become to, uh, can be, can, be, can become to dry up because they're just becoming intellectualized. Yeah. They just, they just know the word. They know all the good stories, the passages. They know the word very well. But when it comes to daily practical application of it, there's no doing of it. 
They could tell you the stories. They could tell you every right. They could tell you line and verse. Yeah. But in response, or how that applies to their life, a lot of oftentimes folks, they're like, what do, what do you mean? Yeah. See, it's more than just that. It's, it's, it's stepping in, stepping up, yeah. walking out, completing, doing, yeah. formulating, following the plan, listening to the Holy Ghost. Pastor Melina alluded to bringing your, uh, dropping your, your phone into the toilet. Just that, which reminds me, I'm never touching her phone again. And so, <laughs> I don't I'm not touching my phone, no. Can you bring my phone? Mm, no, no. Uh, but here's the thing, you, you bring your phone into your bathroom, you're becoming distracted. You're taking your phone to your bathroom, you're, you're, there's no way, even like watching online, Unless you put it on and you, and you cast it onto the TV and set your phone down, yeah. the potential of becoming distracted is so great. Yeah. And when you're growing up spiritually, when you deal with spiritual babies, distractions are the first thing you have to remove. Yeah. Do you hear what I said? Yeah. Distractions are the first thing a believer must remove. Because fundamentally, those are the things that it's, and, and you're fun, if, if you're being easily distracted, you're allowing yourself to, 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 um, we took Sophia's, Olivia's dog, not Sophia, Olivia's dog into, um, what do you call a boarding because we couldn't leave her within because she's still a puppy and she's a biter. She like the biter in this, it's a bite hard. She just, she likes to bite on everything, chew on everything. And she needs a lot more attention. So, and because she needs more attention, we couldn't just have her leave her in a place. So we had to put her in a place of border for a week with a, with a, 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 a well, I don't want to say a pound, but a, a caregiver that takes care of animals that boards them. And so, but we noticed that when she came back, she regressed. A lot of stuff that she had learned, she kind of regressed a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit, enough to where I'm like, oh, she's not used to being in the house again. She's getting, she's kind of wild. She's not used to being in the house. And, <clears throat> If you're losing your attention as a believer, you lose your focus, you, become, you can become to regress. The things that you've learned, you can let go because you're not maintaining it. And so that's why it's so important to always be plugged into the things of the Spirit. Well, Pastor, are you saying I'm a dog? I'm not saying you're a dog. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's a possibility of regressing, yeah. going backwards, not developing, thinking that you're at a place yeah. that you're no longer at. Yeah. That, that is right. I'm going to tell you right there. You, you, well, I've been in the Holy Ghost meeting. I know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. I took off running once. It's not the same as maintaining about, uh, uh, that, that forward-moving progression. Amen? It's so important. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave himself to, uh, to be, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So why are we training you? So you could do the ministry. If, if mom and dad leaves the house, if I leave the house for a day, I know my house won't burn down because I got Olivia and Sophie in there. They can take care of things. Nobody knows how to do dishes. Nobody knows how to do why, why the dishes get full. But, but I know that if I leave and come back, that house is going to burn down. They, they can feed themselves. They can take care of themselves. They can wash their own clothes. The only thing is that we're working on today is putting dishes away. I mean, that's it's just the only area. The only area, and then someone's pointing at that's not me, it's her. And the other one's pointing, no, it's not me, it's her. <laughs> See, but God is, you, it gives you people to equip you. Yeah. You need equipping. Yeah. Right. And your equipping isn't just one, one fellow swoop and you're equipped. Yeah. 
Your equipping is daily. It's it's maintenance, yeah. maintenance, daily maintenance, re-equipping, re, you know, if I go back, if I go to um, a hotel and I rent that room for the night and I leave, do you know they re-equip the room? What are they doing? They're, they're sanitizing everything down. They're putting new towels. They better be putting new towels in there. Because, man, this awfully smells like uh, Pastor Marcus's cologne. Ew! Right? You'd be, you'd be kind of grossed out, right? And, and so they, 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 they put little wrappers on the remotes. This remote has been cleaned by the housekeeping. Right? So there's, there's things in your mind that, that, that are being re-equipped. Every day you're being re-equipped when you get in the Word of God. That's why it's important to listen to good word teaching. Good. You want good spiritual growth. You don't just, and here, this is where I get a little bit really, let me just say, I tend to be more stricter about what I let in. Some people aren't as strict. You need to be stricter by what you listen to daily. Anybody, I would say, in Pastor Nancy's camp, you can listen to. Go back, re-listen to the messages. Good, solid, safe. There's... Outside of that, like within the media, I, I know one particular channel that I only recommend maybe two or three people out of a whole entire network of folks on a channel that I like and then I watch on a regular basis and I don't watch everybody. Like I watch Brother Keith, I watch Brother Copeland and uh, Brother Jesse. And after that, I kind of like, I click it, I change it. I'm very strict about who I watch. I don't care how long they've been around. Your, your length of time of being, in, do, being and doing anything doesn't impress me. What impresses me is an ability to stay to the Word, stick to the Word, and, and, and stay in the Spirit. You know, that's, what our, that's why I love our camp. Yeah. It's because there's, there's that ability, and you see it, amen? Yeah. You see the seasonness. You see the maturity. Right. And see, now if I want that out of my life, if I want to be seasoned, if I want more maturity in my life, yeah. that's what I'm sticking to. And that's what I'm sticking to. I'm very, I'm very picky about what goes on in my plate. Yeah, that's right. How, how many, and I'm not, I'm not a really picky eater, but I'm picky about the way it's handled. Yeah. My plate better look good when it's served to me. I, if you ask the family, I like making my plate look pretty, take a picture of it. Hey, doesn't that look good? Didn't I do a good job putting that together, right? Yeah. I used to do that with the kids. I used to like, what am I doing? Are you, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, for myself, I'm raising the level of my personal life. But what are you doing? You're raising the personal level of your life. But what you set in spiritually in front of you is to what you're going to take in. Yeah. Right. Be more selective. Yeah. Spiritual mature people knows how to be more selective. Yeah. In the 1970s, a lot of children were hurt because people didn't, there was no such thing as a, a medication locks on your medication. There was no child-proofing of stuff. There was no child-proofing of cabinets. There was somebody felt really. There was no. no. Uh, we were talking in the 70s. A lot of this was still kids were getting poisoned. People were getting hurt because no one really had the or had the innovative thought of doing. It. Well, it's going to cost too much money to put locks on a on a on a cabinet. People were like, really? You're worried more about the cost versus the life being taken because you didn't want to put a child protective lock, right? Really, you're, you're more, you're more, you're more, you care more about the child. The child protective lock is important, but how about the lock that's on your heart? Yeah. The protection of your heart, the guarding of your heart. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, you know, we like watching HGTV. We like watching some of those. We have our natural shows that we like to watch. And uh, one day we just look at it. You know, I'm just not at the point where in my life I'm just. In, like even with television, normal television, it's at the point where like we got rid of the dish cable and stuff because we didn't want all the commercials in. We just it just 
foul stuff. Every you can't is apparent. You can't even turn away and come back. And then there's some things that is just that is that is contrary to what you believe coming up all the time, all the time, just garbage, garbage, garbage. I, I told her I just, oh, my shit, just I'm done with this. So we got to get rid of it. So we just ended up getting rid of the dish. And then we were watching TV and we we're just watching a program. Uh, I don't know what we were watching. Um, and I go, we were looking, scrolling through. I go, have you ever just noticed that even after you, you cancel all this stuff out and you want to watch what you want, then you start to realize, boy, there's just a lot of stuff. Where there's no, really nothing to watch. And yet you get under this impression that you need to have it. You get to, you need to have, you need to have, you need to watch other people's non in on entertainment. You really think about it. So you got to think what's buying my attention. What's keeping my attention. Now, I like news. I like to keep up what's going on with like current uh, technology. And I like it because it's like a little five, but you got to be careful with a five and 10 minute video. Now, now this is really coming to our culture because we have a choice. We can listen to that video or not. Because there's a lot of ones like, oh, five minutes. This is no good. Three minutes. eh? You can make a decision. Right. But here's the important thing. When it comes to the word of God, you need to be able to sit down, hear the entire word of God, not be moved, not be distracted. Get yourself fed. You know, 80 men are, are this is his, I find very interesting. Men tend to watch 80 are 80 for YouTube viewers are 80 make 80 percent versus women. That's 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 the market. YouTube is the market for men. It's 80 percent watch YouTube of men. They don't they watch less. More women watch more TV, but men are more likely to watch YouTube than they are to watch TV. In other words, we're more likely to get distracted and move on if we don't like what we see. Which explains why the man's always channel surfing. He says, what are you watching? I'm like watching five things. How can you watch five things? There's commercials. I get bored and I go to the next thing, right? Women will leave it on the channel, watch the Hallmark channel for eight, cha- uh, for eight hours, cry at the same different show. Oh, I just love this show. I just love it. Everybody watch. Oh, he's so, oh, look at her. Oh, he's a dirty dog, you know. So as a person, you and I, our ability is going to have to be able to just sift out what's important and what's not important yeah, right. and focus. Even if it's something doesn't feel important in the word, we have to learn to maintain focus. So when we're getting in the word, I'm focusing on the word. I'm focusing on how to be led by the Holy Ghost. I'm focusing on how to pray and focusing on how to worship God. Amen. So when we come into church, because men are, we are, 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 we are, our scale, our ability to focus is only set on the YouTube. Now we have to learn when I'm at church, I'm going to learn how to worship men. I'm talking to men right now. I'm talking to ladies, men. We need to learn how to worship. We need to know how to engage with the Holy Ghost. We need to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit, men, because technically you're supposed to be the spiritual leader in your home. Men, men, you're a spiritual leader. You're the thermometer. If something goes on in your house, it's really your, it's your, it's your fault. Oh, everything, 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 my good and bad, my kids have ever done. It's my fault. If my, if my family is, is growing anemic in the things of God, it's my fault. But at some point when they get older at a certain, a certain age of accountability, now it's on them. After 12, it's on them. After, whatever you do after 12, it's on you because you made that decision. You were taught right. You were taught what to do. Now you know what to do. You know this violates the word of God. 
Now, it, now they have to come up and start growing and develop as that person to start trusting the things of God, right? But at, at a certain point, you know, you, you as, a, as a man, you've got to learn how to engage God, not be distracted, not be passive. Did you hear what I said? Because really, those, those are the big things that really wound and, and slow men down, is this distraction, or you can't make me. You can't make me run laps, coach. You can't make me sit right a hundred times. I will sit quietly in the classroom and not, not make noises with my mouth. I will not and, and say it right a hundred times. But in your heart, says, well, I'm not even writing that while I'm putting it down. Right? Because, men, our biggest problem is growing and developing is getting distracted. Men can tend to be like big floppy dogs. Squirrel! <laughs> Right? They want to run after the squirrel. They want to get, it's, it, because they're being entertained, they want to get out and do stuff. But when you're in the house of God, you should, my goal when I come to the house of God is to be trained, to grow, develop, and engage. I'm raising my hands. I'm worshiping the Lord because I'm being a leader to, to model to my children and to the children in this house of God that, that I'm not only a man to hear the word, but I'm also a man to do the word. My biggest impression is not what I'm going to say, but it's going to be in what I do. Your kids aren't looking at what you say. They're looking at what you're doing as a person. Good or bad. Good or bad. He says, now, since he talks about for this, and this, that's why we do what we do, because it's part of that equipping. The edifying of the body. In other words, edifying means it's a development. It's an edifying. It's a growing. It, 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 It is not leaving you the same. Edification means I'm growing, developing. I'm not, I'm not staying a tween. I'm not staying a child. I'm growing. Yeah. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Now, remember we talked, we're going about, we talked about unity. It says we're growing together till we all come to the unity of the faith. You ever just wondered and asked yourself why the early church was so strong? Because they were all growing. The church was new. Everybody, there, was, there was no church since then, like uh, of the church today. They were just learning together. They were organizing. So it was all kind of getting everybody, but they were all unified in the sense that we're growing and we're developing. So when we come to the River Church, our thought is we're growing, we're developing together. I'm not looking down on Sarah because Sarah did something I didn't like. No, because we're growing and we're developing. And when we grow and develop, we are doing it in unity. There is a unity in growing and developing together. That's kind of why I, I, why I really like Sophia getting married at the age that she's getting, at the age that she's married, because now she's she's not going to know what it's like to do all the dating stuff. She's not going to. She doesn't. You don't. People. I. I never got to date. I never. That's. You know. No. You got saved from all that mess. You got saved from all the heartbreak and. You got saved from that. Now you, all you have to do is focus on what it's like to learn and grow with another person. You don't have to go through the pain and, and all the heartache and, and bringing your, your, bundle, your bundle of pain with you. And that bundle could be two things. It could be children and hurts. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of people walk around with children and hurts every day. And, and God says, I want this church to grow in the unity of its faith. It's not enough to just to, to have 
one person here have faith and the other person says, well, I'm just, I'm just a spectator and I'm watching, I'm in neutral. I'm not going forward, I'm not going backwards. Let me just say, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Let's just settle that very clearly for a lot of folks. Because sometimes there could be some confusion in that. Some people think, well, I'm not doing anything, I'm not living wrong. Well, you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Because God never called you to be stagnant and put it in neutral and park. Never called you to do that. He called you to move forward. They mean called you to grow. Dead things stay still and they die. Things that grow move. They grow forward. Like I said, Olivia has a new dog. That puppy, it's more leg right now than dog. Because she's growing. But it, it, the body grows legs and it, then the torso catches up and then the t- torso grows up. And then when you get older, you just keep growing out and, both, and your legs are still trying to catch up. That's not true with everybody. That's not true. So there's, that, there's this unity of the faith that's so important. It's pure. It's out of a pure heart and a pure motive. Do you hear what I said? Unity. I'm just, you look at people with a kind heart, give them the, be, the, the benefit of the doubt. You're not, you're not trying to compete with the other person. Well, I have more faith than you have faith. I'm, I'm in the faith click. You're in the faith out. Because we went to a church years ago. Uh, years ago, good, solid church. But, you know, it doesn't matter how long a church has been around. You're, and as a church grows and develops in the faith, once in a while, you'll have things that, it doesn't matter who it is. It's, you're going to just have a little click that will form in the church. Well, this was a bunch of teen girls, and they just thought they were better than everybody, in the ch- including the other girls in the church. They were, they were, they went to every youth group. They were the elite group. Oh, we're better than you group. I, I'm called to be in the ministry, and none of them are in the ministry today. I'm serious. And they really thought they were the it group. And, I, and no, they weren't the it group. And God, God uses and chooses whom he cho- wills. Hear what I said? So your job is to grow together as a group. Amen? That's why we like to mix the seats around now and then. Jackie's moving this side next week. She doesn't know it, but she's moving. Just kidding. I like the quiet people because, you know, they don't ever want anybody to point, hey, I'm here. I don't want anybody to know I was here. Pastor Melina's like that. She's a wallflower. If you give them the opportunity, she'll just, she would rather blend into the wall and let everybody see her. She's always been that way. <clears throat> but then he says, from the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, I want you to soap because he's saying, I'm going to prepare you, I want to equip you for the unity of the body. And then he says, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Right? But here's the next thing. This is the outcome to that. To a perfect man. To a, what does that mean to a perfect man? Perfect man is to a mature man. Someone who's fully grown and developed. He wants us to come to the unity of Christ and to the knowledge of the Son of God. You need to have knowledge of the Son of God. Why do I need to have the knowledge about the Son of God? So you know how to respond when you're not, when you're not treated right. You know how to respond when the anointing is there. You know how to live despite your circumstances. You know how to, you know that, that the Father is always with you. The Father is always there talking to you. That's what Jesus exemplifies to you and I. That he said that when I leave, the Father will send another one, a comforter, and he will live on the inside of you. 
So now that comforter, he lives on the inside of you. Yeah. Jesus had the Holy Spirit, with the Bible, so scripture says, without measure. Now we have a measure because we, it's hard for us to keep, stay full all the time. Yeah. Why is it hard for us to stay full all the time? Because we get distracted. Yeah. Our faith, we, we don't build our faith because we're not growing in the unity of the faith as we ought to grow. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, if, if Sophia lays hands on someone who's sick, that person will recover. Sister so-and-so should lay hands on another person and they should recover. In other words, there's not one person, there's not one person missing a, a gift that God has placed in the church. Yeah. And does, does it mean everybody's called in the church to, to, um, to be in the fivefold? Absolutely not. But what you are called is for the equipping of the saints. Yeah. In other words, we're equipped so that we can care for every person in the church. Amen. If 100 people were to show up today, we, the River Church, would be able to adapt right away because... We're moving together in the unity of the faith. Amen. We're not expecting people to be somewhere spiritually that, that we... Because even let's say someone comes to this church today. And they say, well, I went to so-and-so church for 20 years. We're still, gonna, we're still not going to act like they've been... Oh, they've been a greater Christian, longer Christian than I have. I, I can't say anything. No, with the Holy Ghost, you know all things. You know what to say. And you know it's important that we grow. So you know that that person's got to... Whatever they've got, whatever they've learned, they've got to come in the unity of the faith here and not with the church that they, le they left. Well, this is what they used to do at my church. Yeah. Honey, we don't do that over here at this church. Yeah. If it was so good at that church, why are you here today? Yeah. <laughs> well, they used, to, they used to have dinners every Sunday then in my church. Well, honey, then why aren't you still over there? Did you leave wrong? Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. So we're here for the unity of the faith. Maybe it's time for, maybe God wants you to sit and listen. Maybe God, so you've you got to understand where everybody comes from and not make assumptions because we're growing to unity in the knowledge of him. Okay, that's where the maturity is going to come from. There's those, those are the steps. Those are the steps of maturity. Now I'm getting to know Jesus and how he would respond. Well, Jesus always would pull a whip out and beat some folks. And I'm, 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 I'm going by what the Word says. Well, you've got to understand the framework, the time work of everything that was going on, right? Yeah. What Jesus was addressing. He was addressing the church as the, what doing, doing what the Father told him to do. Yeah. So you doing anything that God told uh, him, Jesus, you better make sure that God, Jesus told first, God told you first. Yeah. And don't make the assumption that God told you. Well, God called me to be a whip. No, God did not call you right. to be a whip. Let's just... Everybody says, like, I got the spirit of discernment. No. If you, unless you learn, use that discernment on yourself, God, more than likely, God hasn't given you that discernment spirit, that, that discernment office, which really isn't a scriptural thing and it does not exist, which goes back to the fact that you're not unified and you're not growing in faith. You're not growing with your church and you're making assumptions. See, when you assume things on the team, it can be very detrimental. If you assume, well, the, guy, the quarterback gives a call and you stop five yards and make a left when he said go straight and, then, and you'd miss the instruction when he, the instruction said go straight and turn right, and go 20 yards, then do a little hook right there and I'm going to throw it to you. That's, that's a missed call because there's, there's times, there's timing based on that. That's why you ever see a quarterback, he'll throw the ball out to in the middle of nowhere and go, why was he throwing it there? Because he, he doesn't have to see over the line. 
because he knows all these people are going to be jumping. He can't see, so it has to be timed. So when he throws that ball, he knows that he, securely that guy's already going to be there. Because based on one, he knows it's going to take four seconds for that guy to get there. Step, one, two, three. I, I can't see over there, but if he's followed the pattern, he's already there. He's already there. The quarterback already knows the mark of the field. He's going to be, that's going to be right there. Okay, he can pretty much estimate because he knows his, he has a relationship. The quarterback has a relationship with the players. He knows where they're at. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't follow the plan, the, the play is blown. Yeah. But if the plan is executed, the whole team's benefits. Yeah. Good. The whole church benefits. Good. The equipping, the training, all comes together. The body benefits. And we make progress. Yeah. And we can't make progress as a church if Joe Schmo from Kokomo is sitting out there in front of the church and smoking cigarettes and he's the deacon. You really should come to our church. <laughs> spiritual things matter. That's why when we come to church, we talk about spiritual matters. We talk about spiritual matters. Now, I like boxing like more than any, probably a lot of you guys. I can sit there and watch lots of fights. But the, 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 the bulk of my conversation is not about what happened or who fought. The bulk of my conversation is of what God is doing in my life to help change me and be the man that God called me to be. How, how I'm going to go to this next level of living. Because God is calling us for deeper intimacy with him. But we can't go there unless we're making ourselves available. Availability is a big thing with the Lord. It's, it's huge. It's a very big thing. And then he says here that we become to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That, oh, that we become a perfect man to the measurement and the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to stop there for a moment. I want you to underline measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Just underline that. And the reason why I want you to underline it is because people ask themselves one on a consistent basis, what is my standard? What do I measure myself up to? You measure yourself up to Jesus. This is how you can tell you're mature or not or mature. You're, measuring your, you're not measuring yourself to Pastor Marcus. You're not measuring him to your political leaders. You're not, mar, you're not measuring up to anybody else, but you're only measuring up to the Lord. Yeah. What's the Lord's standard on this? What is the word? This is the standard. This is how I can tell if I'm growing or not. Yeah. Remember when you were a little kid and you used to stand up against the wall? Mar, Mom used to mark your height up against the wall. And then she'd, oh, you're this tall. And then, you're, and then you could see the progress. See, as a, as a believer, we measure our growth and development against what Jesus is doing or what he didn't do. I only say and do what my father, I see my father do. I, I know how to be led by his spirit. Because when Jesus told the, the disciples to go across the other side, you know, God told them to send him. He probably be like, Why, I'm, how am I going to get over? I mean, that's, that would be a natural thought. Well, how am I getting over? These, if you're thinking you're natural, well, maybe I'll get, catch another boat and I'll catch up with them. No, but Jesus walks up on the, on the water, and then God says, well, I want you to walk across that water and, and, and meet up with them boys. And he's like, okay. It still took a great amount of trust for Jesus to walk on the water and follow and find those boys. And the water. You want me to walk on water and find your disciples, find your people, and get in that boat with them? Yes. And then it's, then it's a storm. 
See, Jesus still had to obey God even when there were storms, even when it meant crushing against his flesh and wounding against his ego, being spat on. Pull yourself off that cross. Call some angels if that, if you heal yourself, oh great physician. So he's, but he's still, what is he doing? He's learning to obey God. And yet we get our feelings hurt if someone takes our seat. Well, that's my seat. Don't you know? I've been in this church for years. This is my seat. Right? I mean, we don't have those problems here at the River Church. But one day, you'll have groups and new groups of folks. And these are some of the things you're going to have to deal with. And we're growing in the unity faith that we understand. That's carnality. That's, that's being a toddler. That's being a child. And it's not measuring up to the standard of Christ, which we are all trying and endeavoring and headed as a unified group to get into. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so that we should no longer be tossed to and fro, carried around with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things in him who is the head. I want to stop here. Is that we should no longer be children tossed, fro, carried around with every wind of doctrine. You know, every person has a doctrine, a code that they live by, whether they're in church or not in church. If people live by their own, have a personal code, and your code isn't the fullness of God, your code is your code, and God wants you to replace your code with His code, His doctrine, His truth. Not your truth. It's my truth. If, if you were in charge of a scale, if I was in charge of my scale right now in my home, I'd weigh probably 130, 150 on my scale right now because it's my truth. I'm changing that scale so that every time I get on, I'm going to say, Pastor, weighs 150. I, I weigh just like Gonzalo, man, a buck 45, man. He goes, hey, I don't weigh that way, 135. Whatever, brother. Whatever. That's all I'm going to say. But see, there's a, there's a measure. I'm changing the scale. And a lot of people, they do that in the world. They, 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 and they're like, well, I'm good. What do you mean you're good? I've never stolen. Have you ever stolen a paperclip? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever stolen anything? No. I'm, I'm right. I've never lied. Oh, what? You've never lied? You're, you're, you don't have God and you've never lied? I'm going to tell you, when I tell him I'm not here, I'm not at the phone, you know, just because that's how you live. You, you're not honest. Yeah. Have you ever looked at a person to lust? Yeah. Well, then your Bible says if you've looked at a person with lust, you're in, you're in adultery. Got real quiet when I said that. What, what are we, what are we looking at? We're looking at the measure of his word, his standard. Yeah. To his standard. It's a higher standard. Yeah. Do you remember King David? Uh, not King David, King Solomon, when, I forget the name of the queen that, that, that visited uh, King Solomon. Queen Sheba? Yeah, I, I, looked, I looked to him first before I looked to all of you. I'm kidding. I just love having to bring the kids in, so I, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need childhood support here on this. When she came to visit King Solomon, she saw all that he had done and the standard in which he lived, and the way he rose things that she had never seen before. 
It's like she go, wow, you've not only said, but you have the way you operate is a higher standard. And it visibly marked her because of the way he lived. When people come around you, River Church, people ought to see the standard that in which you live. That you it's not about you wearing the best clothes. Now that's part of it, and you dressing nice, that's that can also be a part of it. But you can tell that there is a standard. I was washing my car the other day at, um, over here at that little, I was washing, getting Pastor Melina's car <clears throat> washed, and um, there was an older lady, she had a Honda. The car was older. She had the seats covered, and uh, she, she, could t- she spoke Spanish, and she was, I mean, she, the hubs, hubcaps were worn out, but she was taking care of that car. She took, she was cleaning that car like, like, yeah, that was her treasure. And out of, the, out of my mind, I could tell that she was doing that. I could tell she was cleaning it because she was grateful for what she had. Yeah. <clears throat> so what did Daddy do? I said, you know what? I said, I had 20 bucks extra in my hand. I said, girl, I want to bless you. She didn't speak Spanish. I go, you know, I see, I think she understood a little bit of what I was saying. I feel like God appreciates when you take care of what he's given you. He, he cares about you when you care about what he's given you. You appreciate him. Church, it's you about appreciating what God has given you and where you're at. And don't get upset about where you're at. Be grateful about where you're headed with your life and where you're going. There's a book, this guy, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I I don't even want to, I don't, I don't need nobody to bless me. I don't need God's blessing or I'm just sharing this because for me, this is my heart. And I, and I, I, this is the stuff. There's a guy going around selling those, those beads for your racelets, hire and food for less. I appreciate that, man. I was like, come on, dog, you're out there hustling, man. I go, and I only had four bucks in my hand, but here, man, he goes, oh, I go, no, 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 man, I like your hard work. I like seeing a man work hard, and I know you ain't going around getting money for free or trying to hustle and get nothing for something for nothing. I appreciate that. I appreciate people who do that. It makes me, it's like, man, it makes me want to, I give an offering. That's my my, my love offering. And you ought to do that with yourself. See yourself. I'm. I want to get up to this next level, to where I'm not always waiting on folks to, to bless me. I'm. I'm. I'm making movement. I'm becoming a better person, not only in the spirit, but also just onto the measurement of Christ. He is my. He is my gold standard. Amen. And so our doctrine, our way of looking, thing has to be changed. So we're not tossed around. Our old way of thinking. I'm getting rid of my old way of thinking. So my life doesn't get, uh, what is this tossed around? So you can live a drama-free life. Too much drama. Too many believers have too much drama. And now here's the thing that gets me that I really love and I kind of hadn't got a chance to get into. Because I, I, I've gotten, I've gotten here. Here's here and here's there. And pastor said, well, you, you said you had a lot of notes. Well, I only, for me, a lot is just one page, evidently. <laughs> but speaking, but he says <clears throat> that we should no longer be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, with the trickery of men, cunning and craftiness of deceitful plotting, because there's people out there who just want to uh, promote their ministry, want to grow them through you, right? So you got to be careful for those in- individuals. But then he says this to you, that we should be speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who's the head. That we need to speak the truth in love. 
well, what's your, what's your standard for love? Well, one is example of Jesus. Woman sitting there, she's laying, she's hurting, she's, she's about ready to be stoned. And he says, okay, anybody, okay, you guys can stone her, but the first guy who, who first guy with it's without sin, you can throw the first stone. What do they all do? The older men first were the ones that dropped their, their, their stones and one started from the oldest to the youngest. Why do you think it went that way? Because the older men were like, uh, I don't qualify, I have too much of my, I've lived a life where I know I have missed it. And the younger folks don't realize that they've missed it yet. They just think, well, this is how life is. This is my own doctrine. This is my own way of living. That, that's immaturity. Well, you've got to be really careful that you don't become overly zealous about what is right and what is wrong as a young person. Well, this is the standard. This is the way it is. You don't know everything. If that was your case, that woman would have been stoned. And yet God used that woman to walk with Jesus, to be an aid to Jesus' ministry, right? You don't know what everybody or however people got to where they were. You don't know. So there should be some compassion with you. But here, more importantly, he says, he says, but in love. So what is your gold standard? Jesus' life. But also, too, if you don't know some other things, but you also look at 1 Corinthians 13. Love is not puffed up. In other words, that person is behaving in a puffed up way. I may have to use that as my flag and my warning to be, to be careful. Talking themselves up. Maybe I need to be a little careful with that person. Love is not vain. Love is not boisterous. Love is not conceited, is not puffed up, ever, ever quick to believe the best of another person. You start looking at those standards in 1 Corinthians as how you as a believer should live and respond. That's your standard. Then the Bible says you're maturing because now you're using the gold standard, which is in 1 Corinthians 13. Every day we go back to 1 Corinthians 13. You've had a bad morning, rough morning. <clears throat> Maybe you've, you were loud that morning. Maybe you were loud with one another. You say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Because nobody's ever susceptible, not susceptible to these things. Maybe you got in the car and the kids when you got upset because the kids were fighting. I said, keep it down. And you, you know, you're, and you're yelling at each other. Why are you yelling? And you don't even know why you're yelling at each other, but you're just frustrated because of the kids. Right? So the step is to bring yourself back, de-escalate yourself and say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. My standard is 1 Corinthians 13. That's my standard. That's, that's my code. That's my doctrine. That's how I live. That's how I choose to learn to respond. Even if you've taught yourself poor response mechanisms, you can retrain yourself. You can always retrain yourself. You know, that's why we come to church, so we can retrain ourselves. So we can grow up in all things into him who is the head. That is Christ. So notice there was different divisions of these different age groups. There's childhood, teen, there's childhood, grown up, and adult, right? I think that's what, usually how they're usually traditionally lined up. But I, was, I, I looked at it a little bit more differently, oh, babyhood, childhood, and manhood. But then I started to real think about if, if biblical development is the same way as um, growing up spiritually, then we've got to start thinking about there's infancy, there's, tod- there's, there's 
toddlers. There's the non-edge, which is it's in between toddler and in between school age, where they're, they just barely get in school, but they still love everybody. They're still sweet. Or maybe they're not sweet. They just got some bad habits. They're sweet, but they still got some bad habits. You're like, you haven't, mama, they thought this was funny at home. And now they're going out places. Now it's not funny because now they've picked up some bad habits. Now the school's having to deal with it, right? And you get phone calls. Your cute little Billy just did this. That's why are they always picking on my kid? Look, they picked up evidently. You thought some things were cute that the church, the school doesn't think is cute. And maybe it's time to change some of those things, right? So they still kind of, you know, that like there's that term is a nonage. It means they're still cute. There's still people like them. You know, they, they, they want to please their teachers still, right? Then they become tweens. <laughs> Think about spiritual people and tweens. Very closely related. <laughs> they still want to listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> just, they're, just still, they're, just still, they're still kids. They're still growing and developing, right? And then there's the teenager stage where you're just rebellious. Want to do what you want to do. Want to wear, want to wear what you want to wear. Right? There, there could be that part in teenage, but there's some teenagers that are not that way. That are growing and developing. They still want to please God. They still want to, they still want to be in love with the Lord. They still want to follow after God. Then there's adulthood. But there, even in between, between being a teenager and being an adult, is also, I believe, there's a step in there, too. Because <clears throat> a lot of people are like, they're freaked. This, at this age, everyone's freaked out. When they're becoming, when they're teenagers, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, this, seriously, this, this is the biggest, even when you're maybe a bit younger. What am I going to do when I get old? What am I going to do? Follow the peace. Follow the standard. Learn to walk with God so he can direct you. Keep, keep love on the forefront of your heart. Grow and develop. F- find out what God wants to have for you. Allow him to lead you now at a young age. So when you get older, you'll know how to be led later. <clears throat> That's what Samuel did. Samuel learned to follow God and hear God's voice at a young age. And the Bible says that God never allowed Samuel's word to drop as a prophet. That means no matter what age you're at, you can grow and develop spiritually and make a mark. Amen. Amen. So those natural developments can get better and better every day. And they should and they should and they will. You may not maybe right now you don't feel like a spiritual giant. Maybe you feel like you've never really done anything spiritually or, 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 or become anything spiritually. But I believe God this morning is deal with some of us to growing spiritually and to have a really more intimate relationship with him. Now, Pastor Molina mentioned this book, <clears throat> Following God's Plan for Your Life. But you can also retrain your mind in how you talk. I love to read and I love to hear the word. Those are my focuses right now. You start saying those things in your life those things will start to change in your life. <clears throat> Never let your mind say, I don't like something. <clears throat> Back in the day when I was starting to learn to pray, um, I had to, go, I, for some reason, had to deal with fear. And there was a part of the house, of my mom and dad's house on Westwood Estates, that when I go stand there and pray, I would just be dealing with fear, 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 fear. 
And so what I decided to do, particularly at dark, I, there was a particular part of the house. I'm like, dude, I'm violating that. I'm going to stand in that place where that fear is. And I'm just going to pray because I'm lifting up my family, praying for their salvation, believing God that God, you know, praying for my sister, um, praying that, you know, even then we pray for her spouse. Me and Melina would pray for her spouse. And, and we even now today, we still pray for our kids' spouses before we've ever met them. It's kind of been a, a part of a lifestyle of what we want because you don't you're gonna get what you you're gonna get what you devoted yourself to right so we sat in the corner and I would just wherever that fear was I just got in front of it I'm like no I'm not backing off my parents are gonna be saved and whatever tried to intimidate me I got up and it's girl said no Jesus is my standard I'm gonna live at a higher clip a higher way of living I'm not living the same way that I used to once you make up that decision and you make the decision said you know what Reading is easy for me. I love to read. Even if you say that's not the truth, faith calls things that be not as though they were. I've never been much of a reader. Faith calls things that be not as though they were. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing, as a man, there's nothing more easier to read than Brother Hagin. I like, I like what one friend of mine used to say, Kenneth Hagin is a man to read. You can read it and you get it. For a man, it's like, that's my kind of reading. He says what he says, he means what he means, and it's easy to understand, amen? So no passivity in us, right? No, say no passivity in me. That means I'm, as men, we're learning to lead, we're being leaders, we're, we're teaching, we're, we're raising our hands, we're worshiping God, because there's a generation behind us as men that, that, that need to see our example.